Uh, hello, and welcome to Agents of Nonprofit. My name is Alexander Lapa, but please call me Alex, and I'm here to talk to everyday superheroes helping nonprofits using technology. Today, I'm joined by guests Sandra Villeneuve and Maxime Poulain from The Breakfast Club to talk about their technologies and how they are able to use technology to support their missions. Maxime and Sandra, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you. So for those of you that are meeting you for the first time, could you share a bit more about who you are and what you do? Maybe we'll start with Sandra. Um, okay, well, uh, who I am and what I do. Um, basically, I have um, a long kind of, I've been, I've been with the Breakfast Club of Canada for about 10 years, a little over that. Um, I was first uh, hired in the finance department, and then later on, I went into the fundraising uh, department. And so I was in a unique position to have kind of the full 360 of how Breakfast Club of Canada works uh, in terms of seeing how the money comes in and how the money goes out. Um, and, uh, and then I have uh, since a year or two, so a little over a year, I can't even remember. I um, I switched from the fundraising department to the IT and finance department with Maxim, in and there I am the Salesforce, eventually soon to be admin. Awesome, and Maxim? Yes, I don't have as long of an experience as Breakfast Club compared to Sandra. I've joined Breakfast Club in June 2020, so basically right in the middle of the beginning of the pandemic. Um, uh, I'm director of operations and technologies, so mostly what I basically lead the digital transformation of the club since I joined. Uh, prior to that, I've Never work for nonprofit organization. It all it was always uh, for profit companies from very large corporation and mostly in the last few years, uh, US based startups. Awesome. So full disclosure, uh, the Breakfast Club and Maxime and Sandra and I um, work together. I've actually supported. I've had the pleasure to support um, the Breakfast Club for a number of years. Uh, but I have asked them for their honest opinion because it's more than just about uh, Salesforce. Uh, it is about all the technologies that the Breakfast Club use. So there's a lot of material that we can cover because I know you guys a bit better than some other um, clients and some other interviewees. So what I would love to start is tell me a bit more about what the Breakfast Club does. What is the mission of the Breakfast Club? How does it do what it does? Yes, of course. Uh, if We have a full-length mission on our website, but what I would like to tell is is basically our headline helping children to reach their full potential one breakfast at a time. Uh, we reach about half a million kids currently each morning in about 3,300 programs coast to coast to coast. That's very important because we have some of them that are very remote. So we ensure that kids have an equal chance in learning and of having enough energy each morning to focus in class. And that's our mission. Uh, we not only support, uh, people tend to think sometimes it's only elementary school or middle schools, but we also support some high schools uh, and uh, also some daycares with the pilot projects. And you mostly focused, and I understand that it's mostly in Quebec today, um, but you do do coast to coast in Canada, right? It's only within Canada. And you said coast to coast to coast. We're talking about Southern and Northern coasts. Yes, exactly. Eastern and Western and Northern. Yeah. <laughs> South Coast would be the US, but <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, we, we, we are present everywhere in Canada. Um, 
And uh, the organization was Club des Petits Déjeuners in French. Uh, the organization was founded in 1994 in Quebec. Uh, in 2006, if I'm correct, they created breakfast clubs of Canada in Western Canada. Uh, to to it was mostly financial support, uh, still is. Uh, so and, and in about I don't remember the exact date. I think uh, 2012. In, 2012. 2013. I had 2014. Yeah. So uh, a, a few years ago, they merged the two organizations together. So uh, breakfast clubs of Canada uh, and. Club des Petits Déjeuners became Club des Petits du Québec, Breakfast Club of Québec, became Breakfast Club of Canada, a single organization, coast to coast. Um, of course, of course, in Quebec we have a more uh, food delivery model. We have a, a distribution center, a warehouse. Uh, we, we ship food directly to schools. Uh, we have that center logistics. In the rest of the country, we're more uh, a partner. We, 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 we have agreements with some local organizations, sometimes with schools, schools board, uh, First Nation communities, and it's more financial support. Also gift cards, uh, grocery store gift cards, things like that. Yeah, this is a lot of logistics uh, that are involved here, especially in Quebec. I was had the pleasure of seeing the, uh, the warehouse that you guys have. So can you talk a bit more about like the actual, the process uh, in terms of um, let's start from the beginning of, of receiving donations, um, how you manage that money at a higher level, and then how you allocate that money to be able to distribute these, these meals to the to schools and maybe how schools get um, involved in the breakfast club. Yes, yeah, exactly. So we have multiple support models at the club when it comes to the schools. Sometimes, as I said, we support a school directly. We have an agreement with them. Sometimes it's a group of schools. Good example is a school board and then they redistribute and sometimes it's a high level partner or a hub a food bank so we have various mobile models we adapt ourselves uh, canada is a large country rural board both urban different realities as well um but it comes when it comes to the intake receiving donations donations can be two things it can be money of course and money can be restricted or unrestricted. So it could be restricted funds. So we need to spend that money in a specific, a specific community uh, or a specific province. And unrestricted, of course, it's money we can spend it anywhere in Canada. Uh, and then we also, what we call gift in kinds. So we receive gifts of food or highly discounted food uh, that we distribute uh, to the schools and the breakfast program across the country. But most, that's mostly in Quebec. Okay. And then like, how do you, I guess you work with um, third party uh, logistics to be able to actually pack the food onto these trucks and ship them out? And is it done from multiple warehouses or a single warehouse? How does no, in Quebec, in Quebec, we have a single warehouse in the, on the south shore of Montreal. Uh, all the, the we, we just don't have our own trucks. So we actually purchase food or receive those gifts and kind of donation at our warehouse. We store them. We say warehouse, but it's really like a, a distribution center. Food don't sit that long in the warehouse. Uh, we repack the pallets for each order and based on their destination. Uh, and uh, we load them back onto trucks and then they either deliver directly to the school or go back to another distribution center where they will use smaller trucks, especially in urban area. You can, you can bring an 18 wheeler in downtown Montreal or in some residential neighborhoods where schools are. So sometimes they, 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 they do that logistics on their side, but no, all the, all the packaging, repalleting, uh, 
the planning of the orders is done by our staff only. We don't have any trucks for delivery. That's that's other companies who do that for us. That's awesome. Um, and then in order to keep track of everything, not just the logistics side, but all your donors, all your um, uh, your whole contact management system. So you must have a, a plethora of technologies that you guys use to, to manage all of this. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so obviously, I, I know Salesforce and I know how that works. But if you could, before we get to that particular topic, if we can talk about some other ones, some other systems that you guys use to help you do what you do. Yes. Um, the club, the pandemic was a great occasion. Actually, we needed to digital transformation to happen because the organization almost tripled in size because of the pandemic. Um, prior to the pandemic, our funding was about 95%, if I remember correctly, from private or individual donors. And the rest was from um, from government. Now it's it's totally different. We receive emergency funding from the federal government, and we also have in Quebec some some dealings with the provincial government, the Quebec government. So we receive way more money during the pandemic. Uh, so that was the occasion for us as well to invest in digital transformation because that meant more volume. And if you want to scale your system, you cannot manage everything in spreadsheet anymore. You need to have controls. You need to have proper systems. Um, the first system that was during when I joined Salesforce was already uh, during its implementation phase, uh, mostly for philanthropy, for the, the dev department, for fundraising. Uh, but at the same time, we started to work as well with, uh, with KPMG to, uh, do, uh, to build a system to manage all the agreements, all the relationships that we have with the different schools, different partners to whom we send food or money across the country. Uh, a lot of contracts because we have an agreement with each of the of those schools or, or partner. Uh, so uh, in the past, it was all managed by spreadsheet and a very legacy system, custom code. It, it was not flexible. So we went and built something with Microsoft Dynamics and uh, they've been using it for more than a year and a half now. So it's, it's been a success. Uh, we've also changed completely our finance system. We used to be on Microsoft Great Plains, which is starting to show some age. Microsoft is trying to move away uh, people from Microsoft Great Plains. And, uh, and we implemented Microsoft Business Central, which is in a sense its replacement, uh, a bit of a child of Microsoft Nav. And uh, all our finance are managed from that. We do uh, dimensional uh, ledger accounting. And uh, of course, we manage the inventory of the warehouse. So all the quotes, all the orders uh, are managed into Business Central, but as well in Microsoft Dynamics uh, for the preparation of those from the, from the warehouse. And I know you guys have a system for reporting, the BI system, a business intelligence system too, right? Yes, well, we, we use Microsoft, BI, Microsoft Power BI uh, quite extensively, especially since the last year. Uh, we're trying to standard, standardize uh, all the reporting uh, so, so we can be efficient and follow everything on the same basis. Uh, yeah, we, we are Microsoft every, like it's Salesforce and Microsoft, but we are very Microsoft heavy. Microsoft provides awesome discounts to, to, to nonprofit. Salesforce do as well, but Microsoft, uh, Microsoft is good on that front as well. Um, and uh, yeah, so it's uh, Power BI, Microsoft Dynamics, uh, Microsoft Business Central and Salesforce. Those are our primary uh, area where we focus. What's interesting for me to see is that it, like Salesforce, even though it's a great system, it, it 
doesn't necessarily need to do everything. Uh, I mean, it, it has extensions and possibilities and third-party plugins, but it's great to see a situation where you leverage Salesforce for what it does best, that CRM perspective, but then you use other technologies like Microsoft in ele other elements to, to combine and to give a holistic and, and complement. Yeah. yeah, it's a, it yeah. complements each other. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Um, how do you find that in terms of, I don't want to go too technical, but is it is it easy to get these two guys to talk to each other, these two systems rather to talk to each other? Or is it you need somebody who's a bit more technical savvy to be able to do that? It really depends. Uh, as of right now, we, we don't try that much to synchronize the two, but we're going in that direction and we're working with you to, to accomplish it. Um, but I, I don't find it that hard. It's always about proper master data management, uh, making sure that the import formats are right. How much automation also are we willing to put in as well? Um, but when it comes to reporting, and again, I mentioned Power BI, uh, then it's just a matter of importing that data and connecting the two to get, together if you have a foreign key or something to match the data. And, and we do have it. So uh, in terms of reporting, it's easy. In terms of importing data, of course, there's more challenge, but uh, everything go well together. Of course, when, when you're within the Microsoft suite itself, sometimes we assume, oh, that would be easy. There is a challenge itself between, let's say, Business Central and Microsoft Dynamics. Uh, so it's it's not more complicated with Salesforce. In a normal system, or not a normal, but a, it's common to see when you have multiple systems together in one organization to have some kind of middleware that combines the two and it provides that kind of synchronization so there is no manual, you know, exporting, importing type of scenario. Uh, I know you guys don't use that, but I know you've kind of moved in that direction or at least explored that a little bit. Can you talk a bit more, you know, where you explored and then what was the result of that exploration? That's definitely where we're going. That's definitely the next step. Uh, in terms of exploration, we, we, we've done some tests. Of course, we've explored it, but not that in-depth. We're, we're still, let's say, a, a, in the continuous improvement phases of all those different systems. And that, that integration right now is more at the reporting level uh, than, uh, than uh, data synchronization, let's say. Uh, but it's, it's coming up. It's coming up. No, it's, uh, we see it uh, down the road quite soon. <laughs> <laughs> so let's go a bit further then deeper into the Salesforce side of things. Yep. Um, I know that Salesforce was not the first CRM. You started with a previous one called Prodome before. Uh, can mm -hmm. you talk a bit about that? And well, let's talk about you know, what is Prodome? What does it do for you? Or what did it do for you? And then what was the motivation, if you do know, because I know you guys were brought on to Salesforce a bit later on, what was the <laughs> motivation to move from Prodome to Salesforce? Of course, I think Sandra, you have more historic. I wasn't there so much during the usage. I know even prior to that, we had Razor Edge. Uh, oh, but that was way, way, way. That was in the very, very first beginnings was Razor's Edge. Mm -hmm. um, but they they quickly went from Razor's Edge to Poldon. And I believe what was happening is because there were two separate entities. So there was uh, the breakfast clubs that was uh, catering to outside of Quebec and you had the, the breakfast club of Quebec and both had their own Podon CRMs and uh, was using it actually very differently because of course, as, as Maxim um, explained, the, the Quebec side is more about warehouse and deliveries and logistics and so on and so forth. And the outside of uh, Quebec was more 
uh, about just getting the money in and then getting the money out. So when we um, when we fused, how do you say that? When you merged, when we merged, and we became one entity, it 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 was a lot. It it was there was a lot of um, uh, adjusting. Uh, a lot of adjustments that needed to happen and uh, they weren't always the most pleasant adjustments and uh, what ended up happening is not everybody was was actually using Poldon the way that it uh, the way that you know normally a fundraising you know would would use it and so it just became a little less and less kind of part of the the day-to-day -day. and that's where as also maxim uh mentioned there was a lot of spreadsheets there mm -hmm. there became this like overwhelming amount of spreadsheets and as as we started to grow and we grew grew out of i guess the 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 adjustment periods and the kinks and all of that we became and also um became more um more unified then it was just very clear that we needed to kind of shift from the pull down because we needed something that was not just um primarily one language we needed it to, well i mean salesforce is also uh just one language mostly but we needed it to be able to grow with the growth that obviously you know we were foreseeing and uh i think we again uh me and maxim were not part of like the whole um looking into salesforce looking into all the different crms that exist to be able to um to um to replace Poldon. Uh, we came in after the fact, um, but that was the decision then that the organization made uh, to kind of go with uh, go with Salesforce. And I guess that's where we are. Not we we've come we've managed to um, to come forward uh, quite a bit in this last year, um, but it it is that we're still kind of like Podon is still kind of in the background um but we're hoping um actually by this summer to uh to really be able to completely phase it out and have salesforce become our master crm so you you are not do you remember the, the details or even a high level of the decision of why so Podon was definitely not fulfilling your needs or you didn't no. see it being able to grow with with your organization exactly but yep. in terms of why Salesforce, like that's a question you're not quite sure about, eh? Versus why another CRM? Uh, yeah. We weren't there as Centra said. Yeah. <laughs> I, I like Salesforce personally. My, my the two previous organizations where I was working, uh, they were using Salesforce, uh, but of course it was a for-profit company, not in a context of nonprofit. Uh, so I was really happy when when, when I joined uh, BCC to see oh they, they they're implementing Salesforce the project has its challenge unrelated to the product more related to the organization uh, and we managed to fix those challenging issues and now the the, the employee me the employee engagement around it the usage mm -hmm. is uh, all time high yeah uh, I think actually it's close to being perfect oh uh, I do remember you do remember it is because of that it is sorry. <laughs> 
I'm cutting you off, but you're you're actually jotting the memory because it is about engagement. And Salesforce has that component that like no other does that Podon did not have. You can with Podon, it wasn't the way that Salesforce is in, in the way that you can share. You can have finance, you can have multiple departments that are within the uh, the CRM Salesforce environment and they can all talk to each other. So we definitely need that kind of communication because one, we're across, you know, Canada and two, because we have so many different, uh, we have a lot of, uh, we have a lot of fundraising activities and a lot of different types of donations that come in that we need the fundraising department and the finance department to be able to like on the spot, talk to each other to find out, you know, to classify, to make sure that everything is, uh, you know, on board because by the end of our uh, fiscal year, we're always being audited. And so we, we need that communication. So sorry, I cut you off, but that was, that was really the main seller for Salesforce is the, the, uh, the capability of, of being more than one department and the communication, just that chatter alone uh, is, is big, is a big, big selling, uh, selling point. And I, I know they explored also other CRMs before choosing Salesforce. They, they've looked at the Zoho CRM, which is very basic. I know they've looked at HubSpot. They looked back also at RazorEdge yeah. and went on deciding and Microsoft Dynamics CRM. And they decided on on, um, on Salesforce. And I think that's, that's a good choice. My choice personally would have been either Microsoft Dynamics CRM or Salesforce, I mm -hmm. like both. They are they have two very different approach, different quality strengths in different areas, but I think it it it, it was a good choice. Um, and yeah, no, it's, I think that's a bit of the history, but yeah, I wasn't there uh, for, for that decision. So I just wanted to go back for a second because Maxim, you used the word BCC before, just to make sure our listeners know. BCC means Breakfast Club of Canada. Yep. Um, Second thing is chatter. So chatter is a great feature within Salesforce. It's a built-in feature and it's mm -hmm. a type of instant messaging system. So it allows you to have contextual conversations instantly. Uh, you can basically, you know, at mention people like you would on any type of social network. And you're having a conversation about a particular piece of data, whether it's a contact or an account or an opportunity. Uh, you're having a conversation in context of that. So if I can I could at mention Sandra, for example, saying, hey, take a look at this. And Sandra will know based on the context what this means. I don't need to specify any more details than that. So that's one of the great powers uh, and simple features, simple but powerful features of uh, Chatter. The other thing is um, in moving from a system like Prodon that you've used, I imagine for a number of years to Salesforce, there's a lot of change management. You talked about even today, X years later, you're still using some features of Prodon and you're moving slowly <laughs> and slowly further away from that and more and more into Salesforce. Yeah. How did you encourage that kind of change management? Because I know people get locked into, look, I'm used to doing th things one way. Now you're forcing me to do it in a new way within Salesforce. How do you, how do you uh, meet that challenge? Education is, is really the key, I think, and, and in a sense, leadership engagement as well, but really education, show 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 the users what's possible to accomplish, how it will make their life easier, and also protect the organization, because that's the thing with sales, and the main reason, I think, sometimes of using a CRM, you have employee turnover, um, maternity leaves, uh, any life events, 
So if someone leaves the organization, also it's about keeping that knowledge of who are your donors, who are your partners and potential clients in the private sector, so you can keep track that of. So, so many companies don't have a proper CRM, a salesperson leaves the company and then all that information or relationship history is lost. Uh, and it's, I think that's really insurance for the organization. Uh, but also keeping track of. I always say, oh yes, sometimes salespeople, or they will say, oh, I'll, I never I never lose a sale. Oh, no, no, I, I have everything in my mind. I'm fine. Yes, of course, the large sale, you never forget about them. But what about those $1,000, $5,000 smaller sales? Uh, you don't realize, but sometimes if you don't have a proper system to keep track of those, for sure you forget to uh, call someone, send an email, do a follow-up. Uh, so there's a lot of value into that. And, and quite frankly, as soon as you explain it to people, you educate them, you, you show them how it, how it would make their life easy, uh, and they, they are on board at that moment. Yeah, they do. They tend to fall in love with it. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, like with everything that's new, it's normal to be to have a bit of resistance to say, mm-hmm. you know, why do I need to learn about this? And it's, yep. it's making sure you show the benefits and in, in, if it's a good move, and it sounds like it, it was a good move, the, the benefits definitely outweigh the, um, the cons. Yep. I, I have another client, for example, who I had to migrate them from Google Forms and Google Sheets to Salesforce. And at the beginning, it was a bit of a hard sale because she was telling me, well, listen, I can go into Google Sheets, I can click two buttons and my, I'm updated. Like It takes me X number of clicks, you know, significantly more clicks to do that same process, but in Salesforce. And I had to to educate her and show her all the benefits you're getting out of having a proper structure, a proper system, security, uh, reporting, all these other benefits that come with uh, Salesforce that you wouldn't normally get within, uh, or you don't normally get within Google Sheets and Google Forms. So, I mean, it's a simple example, but the idea is that there's always that kind of resistance and, and um, you can't just force, I guess you could force people, but you want to encourage people and show them really like what they're getting out of it and how their life will be better in some way, uh, even though it might take a couple more clicks. Exactly. And there's a lot of things you can accomplish with spreadsheet. That's the default go-to. It's, it, with, with a spreadsheet, you can build almost anything. Mm-hmm. However, it will always lack controls, good governance, and will not necessarily scale up with your system and processes. So yeah, for sure, with, with change management and digital transformation, there's that frustration because once you implement more control, more rigidity into a system, I mean, in a spreadsheet, it's easy. You add one column and you're done. You added a new field basically in your, in your system. Um, it will create some frustration because things are harder now, but they are harder for a reason because rigidity, having a, a, a repeatable system is what will enable you for growth. Uh, if, if you manage everything organically, yes, you can do it as much, but you will hit uh, a point where it's not scalable anymore or you'll need your, the curve of how many staff you have and your, the growth of organization will have the, 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 this, they will, they will be parallel. Uh, it's, you should not add more employee with your growth. You should improve your processes uh, and your systems with your growth. And of course, some will hire more and more, but uh, they, don't, they, don't, they, they're not parallel uh, to be different. I totally agree. So let's dive a bit deeper then into Salesforce. Uh, what Salesforce does, what it manages, and well, let's start there. What does it manage? So I know it does donations, payments, receipts, various uh, types of contact management. We talked about control um, contracts. Can you tell a bit more about you know how, the main portions that you use within Salesforce? Yeah, Sandra, do you want to go? 
Sure. Um, so pretty much everything that you just named. So all of, for one, all of our fundraising team is in Salesforce. And so they will obviously use it um, uh, from the prospecting phase. So just entering, uh, you know, just all the information of whomever partner that they're going after um, and all the way through to um, the uh, existing partners that are already there and um, we also have so those are the donations then we also are now um, slowly but surely this is the first year that we're using Salesforce for the events so that's that's pretty exciting um, so the events uh, that we have like a golf or we had a, um, a first time this year was fat bike where people would uh, go on their the, the, the bikes with the big tires and in in on the mountain and uh and what else the uh, oh we have another event which is um which is basically for the business partners business people um around the south shore uh, of montreal um so we have the donations we have the events and so all the money that comes in and everything is captured so like i said the the company's information the primary contacts uh, the um, the way that the, the donations are coming in. Oh, and I cannot forget also the um, the individual donations. So we also have uh, those that give on a recurring basis. Those two, they are now being managed, obviously. Uh, we're still a little bit, again, some are in Prodon and some are in um, Salesforce. So I'm very excited for that to, for, to have all the recurring donations go into Salesforce. Um, and then, of course, we also have uh, the, um, the creation of a contract with the part partners. Um, and as Maxim mentioned, we also have the uh, ability to kind of track and try to control, at least this is what we're trying to implement as a process for our restricted funding. So it would start with contracts, looking at a contract uh, record page, putting all the information, and then have uh, the other two departments kind of take that information that starts in Salesforce. So from the finance department and then uh, with the programs department in tracking all the, the amounts that are going to the different regions, different schools and so forth. Um, and then what is also, um, happening is obviously the the financial aspects so uh really looking at all the donations that come in so we have our finance department those that are doing all the data entries for all the checks and the direct deposit the direct deposits um they're going directly into salesforce so then the fundraising team they get to know that their donations have come in those that they worked really hard on um, and then what happens is we're able to to send uh, thank you letters, so acknowledging people's donations, we're able to um, create the the those letters. We're using the the conga for Salesforce, um, and that too that has the the contracts, the the letters, um, and all the various different kinds of letters that we have: the gift in kind, the in memo, in tribute. Uh, that too we were able to uh, implement within Salesforce. People who are giving in 
memoriam or in honor of. Um, and uh, yeah, so then all the way to the tax receipt. So uh, you were very, very instrumental in making that happen for Salesforce is to create the tax receipt object, because as a charity, we uh, do issue tax receipts for donations that are over $20. $20. And um, so that too, this year was the first in which we were able to uh, send out the recurring donation consolidated receipt. Uh, out to the people, which that was very exciting, and um, and yeah, that's uh, we're we're still you know we're still working on trying to get from the finance in terms of like getting all of the ins of the donations to go into Business Central. Um, that is what we're currently now working on trying to have that information, all that data kind of flow into uh, Business Central. Basically importing everything from all our closed one opportunities as an import to do the proper writing in the ledger of, uh, our, of our, our accounting system, finance system. Right. And then the, the entry points for donations, going back there for a second. Yeah. Um, I know you guys have web forms on the website for individuals mm -hmm. to make donations, and you have then um, various teams as well doing outreach to get uh, to solicit donations. Can you talk mm -hmm. a bit more about you know, how that, that entry point is? Because it's not just uh, donations from people. I know you've got in-kind gifts as well, and you've got matching gifts. Uh, I know that if I go to Costco, for example, I can also sign a little piece of paper. Our campaigns. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We have multiple, <laughs> let's say, different paths <laughs> where we receive donations. Uh, but of course, the, the most obvious one to the general public is web donation from the form on our website, which we integrated with you, uh, Alex, uh, where we use Formstack and uh, you've created a web form object that creates a bunch of flow. It's connected with Stripe as well. But that's a, a small portion, actually, of our revenue. Most of our revenue comes from uh, companies, corporate donations partners. Yeah. and partners and, and governmental uh, as well. But beyond that, uh, beyond like people entering their credit card on the website, we do receive also donation like out of the blue, we'll receive a check at our head office. Uh, uh, sometime we'll receive people sending in gift cards sometime. Uh, and, and, and we do also partner with a, a grocery foundation and we, we, we receive donations of gift cards from grocery foundation, from Sobeys, from grocery store chains that we redistribute. So that's like a bit of an in-between. It's not really a gift in kind. It has monetary value. It's a gift card. We redistribute them. Uh, over the last year, we redistribute about 1.1 million in, uh, of gift card in total value. So of course, we will track that opportunity uh, of those donations that we have received. The challenge is more in the distribution. <laughs> it's one opportunity, uh, a few hundreds of, of, uh, of, uh, of agreements uh, and gift card package to be sent to, to different schools across the country. Um, in terms of, of uh, other donation, and again, donation from partner, but there's also co governmental donations that comes in that are larger contract. We have emergency funding as well. So we need mm -hmm. to keep track of what's emergency funding and not what's restricted and not. Uh, but yeah, most of the time it's it's corporate large donations that we track as opportunities, account that our, our, our development people, our work, philanthropy people are working to negotiate over time. It takes time. And then we have the, those smaller donations coming in from 
and and the campaign so we have also the the back to school campaign yeah so the so we have costco we've got walmart we've got bureau agro staples um and uh and this year i believe they started because there's also a spring campaign and um they've started with the automotive industry this year um, so they go now they're going to start kind of going after different sectors, industry sectors, and that pretty much rounds it out. Yeah, Costco and Walmart are, are a good example where at the registry, once you do a purchase, the cashier will say, would you like to do a donation to Breakfast Club of Canada? And it's uh, and that's in the end amounts to very, very large amounts for, yeah. for the Breakfast Club. It's a good source of revenue for us. Really important to have those partners. Uh, for so it sounds like Salesforce is able to keep up with all this exposure yes. of thing. It's a really in a holistic perspective. I mean, you see everything that's coming in from every different type of channel, and you're able to get a nice picture to see who are your major donors, who are your minor donors, who are your repeat um, donors. Uh, is Indeed, there... and, and we and we forgot peer-to-peer -peer donations as well, like people creating their own fundraising. Oh, I'm gonna oh, yeah. oh we did, yes. Run a marathon, please give money to the club, those kind of things. We do have that as well. Yeah. That's true, yeah. So it, it's I mean, it, it becomes your one-stop shop for everything related to, to money coming in. And then you said there's a there's a, a way that you're now looking at to explore the money going out, which is through Business Central, right? Uh, more Microsoft Dynamics, but also Business Central is really finance and accounting. So it's both money in and money out, but from a financial perspective, it's really a, a finance system. Uh, but that's how I explain to people. We basically, in a sense, have two CRMs at the club. And I know we're not the only nonprofit operating that way, where we use Salesforce for everything that's money in, but we use Microsoft Dynamics uh, customer engagement for everything that is money out. And it's really the same flow in reverse. Um, so uh, it's always you have your, your opportunities, then you win or lose that opportunity and you receive some, some money. So that's how we use Salesforce as a nonprofit. But when you look at how the programs manage it, it's a bit of the reverse where, but the flow is the same. We have an opportunity to onboard a new breakfast program. We negotiate with them. We sign an agreement of like how many children we're going to support, how much money and equipment we'll send them and food. And once that agreement is signed, the whole logistics operates, the money is sent, food is sent, or equipment is sent, and, uh, and, 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 and then the opportunity is closed one. Uh, so it's exactly the same kind of, of flow that you have in a typical CM, but it's just like we have to one for money in and one for money out. Uh, we could probably could have done everything in Salesforce, and we could probably have done everything in Microsoft Dynamics, but there's some good aspects to keep the two separate. There's also some bad ones, especially when it comes to master data management, the challenges around restricted funding, uh, but mm. it makes things pretty clear be between. Awesome. So here's where I would like your, your opinion on what you do like about Salesforce. And I would like it to be honest. And I know that, that Salesforce is a bit different than a lot of other CRMs in that Salesforce themselves, the, the company sells the product uh, but they don't actually implement the product. That mm -hmm. is, you buy mm -hmm. Salesforce. It is usable off the shelf, but most likely in most scenarios, you work with an implementation partner, a Salesforce mm -hmm. partner to really cater and customize Salesforce to your particular organization's needs. So your experience of Salesforce can change dramatically based on who that partner is. Mm -hmm. uh, and it is also can be a moving target, of course, because things, people change, organizations change, they grow. And of course, Salesforce needs to keep up with it. So what would be, 
you know, what are the things that you like most about Salesforce? The most, I would say, the flexibility the system the system provides, but also the ecosystem around it. All the numerous plugins, package that exists, apps, connection. Uh, it's it's really the synergy of those two that I think it's one of the best product uh, on the market. And Sandra. Well, me too. It's um, but it's mostly uh, in terms of how we are able to work together. Uh, we were um, very siloed before Salesforce, and I find that now with Salesforce, it has brought all of these different departments together, and I, that's the my favorite part of it. It's really to be able to all work together in this one system, uh, which before we were unable to do. And it did, it created a lot of silos and it created a lot of difficulties and it created a lot of miscommunications. And now we're able to just like, just really see the communication flow. And let's say there is, uh, you know, a misunderstanding, it can be dealt with right there, right then. And it's, it, that was, and it, that's the one thing that I just absolutely adore for, from Salesforce. If I can give a common quality to Salesforce and Microsoft Dynamics, they, they both share it. Since they are highly customizable, they, you can almost turn them as an XRM, uh, not just a CRM. There's danger to this. You need to be very careful. That's how you will have cast overrun in a project because you'll try to implement every little information area or system into, into your CRM. But that's also their strength. So there's danger to that. But if you can control it well, you can build something yep. highly powerful and very and cater to the exact need of, of your organization. And that's that's to me a big plus with those two products. Yeah. I remember that quote that someone said, with great power comes great responsibility. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so that's exactly it. What about the opposite then? What is it something you don't like or you don't something that you feel that could be improved within Salesforce? Oh, that's easy. <laughs> and it's specific to nonprofits. Uh, I think it's pricing, uh, really. Uh, to be honest, the competitors of Salesforce, sometimes in terms of nonprofit pricing, they are way more aggressive. Uh, the offer is, is more interesting. I feel for Breakfast Club, it's fine. I mean, it's expensive. It's more expensive, but we do have the budget. But when I think sometimes of smart organization, of course, with the NPSP, you have 10 free license, so that's good. But I feel like an in-between organization that would need 15, 20 license mm. still yeah. feel expensive to me. So I feel there's like a, a middle area where Salesforce is lacking, where their competitors in terms of pricing are, are there. Uh, and, and, and yeah, offering it's expensive. Product. Yeah. It just adds some, uh, they use another acronym, NPSP. So that's Salesforce Nonprofit Success Success Pack. I always have a problem saying that. But it's basically the nonprofit cloud, the nonprofit product that Salesforce adds uh, and, and offers for free, actually, uh, 10 free user licenses. So they basically take their enterprise edition version of Salesforce, which is one of their most advanced versions, has all the bells and whistles, yep. and they give 10 free licenses to nonprofits. And that applies to anywhere in the world. And that's awesome. I mean, this is something actually like Microsoft doesn't offer those 10 free licenses for, for Dynamics. They offer a very good price, but they don't offer it. So that's why an organization of uh, a small nonprofit with not that many employees, my go-to suggestion would be 
go uh, with Salesforce just because of that. Yeah. Uh, a very large organization also, it's very interesting because you have the budget to pay for those license and, and, and the return on investment surely is there. But yeah, mid-size nonprofits, uh, it's, it can be a challenge, but everything is achievable, of course. <laughs> Just have to. <laughs> be good at negotiation. Yes. <laughs> so Sandra, what about yourself? Things, something you don't like or would um, love to see well, better? It, it, you know, it was surprising that, you know, we, we got NPSP and, and there wasn't the, um, the, the, the availability of tax receding. Uh, so that was kind of a, a surprise. Um, and yes, occasionally I find, and I think this might be, or you guys can correct me if I'm wrong, I guess this might be because it is highly flexible sometimes to do one particular task, it takes a longer time to get there than with other maybe CRMs and sometimes that, that can become annoying. Um, but um, uh, yeah, there, there's some things that are not quite as available with maybe other CRMs that cater to the nonprofits uh, that I would think or I do believe uh, Salesforce is still working on certain things. Um, but yeah. That's uh, that was surprising, not having the the tax receding. Yeah, and I I know that Salesforce is a a growing product. It definitely mm -hmm. is not static. Every two, um, well, they have releases three times a year. They do. <laughs> uh, so so it's great, to, and they do get feedback from uh, clients. Uh, there's a whole mechanism where you can submit a uh, an idea to Salesforce that other people can vote on, and if yep. enough people vote on it, then they'll implement it. Yeah. Sometimes that process, I know, takes a bit longer than, than, than we would like to help, but there yeah. is that mechanism in place so that uh, not just Salesforce, but the Salesforce cloud, uh, both of these uh, products do evolve over time. So that's great to see. I know that it doesn't do everything out of the box today, like receding yeah. is one of these things. Yeah. But the good news, at least, is that there is a whole uh, exchange, uh, app store called uh, App Exchange, where hundreds, if not thousands of partners can implement add-ons to either enhance or uh, replace or um, just do, do things that Salesforce doesn't do out of the box. You mm -hmm. mentioned one earlier called Conga, which is Conga mm -hmm. Composer, which yeah. is a great add-on to be able to create uh, PDFs or Word documents or Excel sheets and um, using data from within Salesforce. So it would mm -hmm. merge, merge the data. You can send out these, uh, these documents and I think it does it has a whole bunch of functionality in it that allows you to do document generation. And it's one of many that are available on this app exchange. Yeah. Um, yeah and, that, and that's how Salesforce doesn't want to encroach too much upon some of these products, but it does make sense to have a, a certain base of functionality and we'll see whether they go mm -hmm. towards eating or not. I know yeah. for the, um, for Americans, for example, they have a new product called Elevate, yes, which offers some donation management and uh, receiving yes. payments. So it's not yet available in Canada. I hope it's available sometime soon, and I'm yep. really anxious to see uh, you know that power and 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 start using that. Um, yep, going forward. Yeah, and and that's actually a pain with every product. As a Canadian company, you will see, oh great, the product <laughs> does that. Oh yeah, it's in the U.S. Country. In the states. It's in the states. It's, yeah. It's, it's it's not an exact fit with the way it works in Canada. It's almost a square peg in a round hole. Sometimes. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, you need to wait. You need to be be patient. But be that's patient. the real deal with many many products. Uh, 
uh, on the market, not just Salesforce. Uh, the world is very US centric or EU centric sometimes. Yep. Uh, and that was like, if we go back to the finance system, our motivation with Business Central, NAV is way more present and Business Central in the European Union. It's not very present much now in, in the US, but a country like Canada with bilingualism, French and English. Yeah. Oh my gosh, it, it made our life so much easier. Uh, so there's also the language reality. We need to always right. do everything bilingual. Uh, there's always those set of challenges that having a good integrator um, will will help a lot because by default, Salesforce, most products are not great at, at uh, multiple languages or nothing is perfect because it's yeah. mostly designed to work at its basis or when it was an MVP, uh, only in English. So. Yeah. yeah. Multiple languages, multiple currencies too. Yes, too. Mm -hmm. as well. yeah. So in terms of the future for the Breakfast Club and, and Salesforce and all the other technologies that you guys use today, you know, what do you see coming in the next couple of months or a few? Yes, uh, we mentioned it a bit earlier uh, during the podcast. It's, it's, it's really uh, making everything uh, communicate together uh, mm -hmm. even more. Mm -hmm. uh, reporting is the first step, but also uh, between the systems, really around restricted funding is a good example. We receive funds. How can we tie in some funds, sorry, some funds that we receive from a donor in Salesforce, an opportunity mm -hmm. to the schools in the program, so the accounts. Yeah. in Microsoft Dynamics, uh, for which those schools were open uh, or onboarded within uh, our, our, our network. You, so you mentioned reporting a couple of times, actually. I want to circle back on that because Salesforce does have its own reporting, and it, reporting, and it is quite powerful. But you also guys use Power BI. So where do you decide to draw? When do you decide to use Salesforce reports versus Power BI reports? Oh, I think the answer is easy, is when that data is only in Salesforce. So as soon as we need to combine with, with um, mm -hmm. the tables that are into another system or external data or, or stat scan data, even like public data that helps to do some impact analysis, uh, that's where we use a tool like Power BI, which is, or we, you could use Tableau or many uh, ClickView, many other products on the market in terms of BI. Uh, but when you need to combine uh, multiple data source, uh, and that's where Power BI comes in. If it's data inside Salesforce, uh, of course, we would yeah. go Salesforce route first. Yeah. Cool. Uh, Sandra, any other comments about the future of um, where you'd like to see things go? Um, well, yes, obviously, you know, with every implementation, we have the, um, the users who, um, who basically they, they use it for their day-to-day -day tools and just, uh, a continuous making things as easy, as efficient as possible for those who are, who are using the tools. And I will be very excited when we start, um, kind of bringing out those same events in different um, in different provinces, going outside of Quebec, and just watching what Salesforce can basically do for us, and uh, as as we as we level up, uh, basically our organization, how it can just uh, really be that tool that will grow with us. It's exactly that, uh, and at a more strategic level than than feature-wise or functionality-wise, it's it's really that. Mm -hmm. can, Salesforce will enable us for our future growth in every mm -hmm. Canadian provinces. Uh, yep. it's, it's the tool that will allow us to scale up, as well, all the other technologies that we have done as well yep. uh, within the club. Awesome. 
Yeah. Hey, this, is, this has been great. Uh, where can few people find out more about the Breakfast Club? People can go on our website, breakfastclubcanada.org, or just Google us. Uh, they can also donate uh, from the website. Uh, we have our history, uh, the, our outreach, how many programs, all the details uh, onto our website. So that would be the, the best. Perfect. Mm -hmm. Well, thank you for joining me today. Thanks, Alex. Thank, thank you. All right, folks, that's it for today. I'm Alexander Lapa, and I hope you join me again next time for Agents of Nonprofit.